had the privilege of, uh, of sharing the New Year's Word with you a couple of weeks ago, and then our online site pastor, Dean Cottiel, shared last week. And again, I have the joy of sharing the Word with you this morning. Our lead pastor, Pastor George, will be uh, preaching from this pulpit in North End most Sundays of the year, uh, live streaming into our uh, churches in Jeffreys Bay, Utenake, and Cape Town, as well as to our online community. Um, but this, the first few Sundays of the year, we've allowed our various site pastors to minister into their communities, and it's allowed Pastor George. He was uh, preaching live in Utenake last week, and he's, in, he's preaching live in Jeffreys Bay this morning. And I think that's just a wonderful opportunity to allow him some space to go uh, really minister into our different communities. And um, I just want to say thank you to you for uh, graciously welcoming Dean and I uh, so warmly. So thank you so much uh, for that. Um, as you heard Amanda say in church news, next Sunday, the 23rd of January, is a big Sunday for us. It's Vision Sunday. It's uh, an opportunity for us to cast the vision for the church. Uh, Pastor George will be explaining why we do church the way we do, reminding us of the call uh, that Christ has placed on us as a church, and equipping you with uh, how you can make the most of your faith journey in your church. So we really are excited for that. Next week also is the launch of youth for the year. Matt, who is leading worship, is our youth pastor. And it's also the relaunch of our evening service for the year. It'll be at 6 p.m. And we have taken the decision this year to not live stream the evening service. So we do want to be as inclusive as possible to our online church. And we'll always be live online and it'll be there later than live for the morning service. And the evening service podcast will still be published a, a day later. But we really just want to allow for a little bit of breathing room for worship and prayer and ministry uh, on a Sunday evening. And we think that's the best way uh, of doing that. Um, so if you want to see Pastor George suffering whilst eating hot wings next Sunday and answering hot topics of faith, then I really encourage you to be here in the building. I tasted some of those hot wings this week. Oh my word. I nearly died. It was so hot. And I only got like a tenth of the way in heat that they were going. I was, my eyes were red. I was sweating. I was, you know, it was not, not, um, not enjoyable. So if you want to see Pastor George sweating, um, then come next Sunday evening. It's going to be great. <laughs> Before I begin in earnest this morning, I need to publicly eat some humble pie. So two weeks ago, I, uh, I was, um, I mentioned that some of us have decided uh, that we'd rather not dream big dreams because it's too great a risk of hurt. We'd rather play it safe because we've been hurt too many times. And when using a cricketing analogy to help us build our innings as we started the year, I said that that was like being a South African cricket fan. Now, if you follow cricket, you'll know that the Proteus then went and made me eat humble pie by beating the Indians back-to-back -back test matches. And um, so... I, I am absolutely delighted to eat the most wonderful tasting humble pie and will happily eat humble pie here every Sunday if it means our national teams will keep winning. So uh, to Dean Olga and the boys, well done, and I'm sorry for ever doubting you. But this does lead into what I actually want to speak about this morning. I was faced with the, the prospect of the Proteus mounting an improbable comeback. And I thought, you know, I've seen this before and I know how this turns out. I'm not, I'm not going to expect the best. And how many of us, when facing a situation in life, tend to default to asking the question, what is the worst possible outcome? What is the worst case scenario? A bit like my skepticism after years of hurt watching South African cricket, I defaulted to expecting the worst possible outcome for the Proteus. And after a couple of years of being battered and 
bruised by COVID and lockdowns, perhaps you're going into 2022 expecting the worst possible outcome. In some area of life, whether over the last two years or before that, we've all experienced hurt that perhaps leads us to defaulting to expecting the worst possible outcome rather than the best. I recall a case of this involving my dad and I, which in hindsight is rather comical, but was rooted in in deep hurt. Um, And it's funny that this is the story about my other broken ankle. My my, my dad was visiting my oldest sister in New Zealand in the winter of 2014, and it was a Friday night. Uh, My mom was at home on the landline to my dad in New Zealand where it was Saturday morning. My brother and his girlfriend at the time were out uh, with some friends in PE that night, and I was playing a football match. And I was a goalkeeper, and we were one nil down in the final minute against our fiercest rivals, and we won a corner. So I went up for the corner as a goalkeeper and scored the equalizing goal. But being a goalkeeper, I was not accustomed to scoring goals, and I managed to break my leg in the process of scoring. Now, for those of you thinking, oh, it's some probably elaborate soccer celebration, it was actually in the process of scoring, not in celebrating, that I broke my leg. I I headed the ball in, but my eyes were so fixed on the ball, I didn't take much cognizance of the opposition players that I crashed into. And I managed to get my boot stuck underneath me, and it was facing the wrong direction, and snap went the leg. Um, uh, Sorry, I've realized I've made the few people cringe. (laughs) This one's not so bad, I don't think. Um, But, you know, without a stretcher at the field, because it was just amateur club football, I managed to hobble off and then phone my mom from the side of the field to say, Mom, I'm going to have to go to hospital here. I think I've broken my leg. And this was when the fun began. So I phoned my mom uh, on her cell while she was on the landline to my dad in New Zealand. So she asked my dad to hold, and I told her what happened. And then after putting down on me, she just says to my dad, Michael's being rushed to hospital. I have to go and put down the phone. So my poor dad, he's stuck in New Zealand wondering, what on earth has happened to my son? So he eventually got hold of my brother's girlfriend at the time, who proceeded to tell him, yeah, Michael's gone to hospital, and I think you better speak to Jenny about it. I mean, come on. This was a bit ridiculous. I I mean, I had a broken leg, but I wasn't in a life-threatening position. I was absolutely fine. I had surgery, but then everything was fine, and I'm running again. Well, I wasn't until yesterday. Um, But my poor dad, stuck in New Zealand, began to ask the question, what's the worst possible outcome? Now, I I do not want to be insensitive to those who have received phone calls like that and actually had to live through the worst possible outcome. And to give some context, the reason that this was a big deal for my dad was because he had previously received a call like this and had to live through the worst possible outcome. 27 years before, my dad received the call to say that I was in hospital, only for it to be a broken leg. He received a call about a fire at our family home, which tragically took the life of his mother and his firstborn son. And so when my dad was left hanging with your son's in hospital and no further information, I can't even begin to imagine what went through his head, stuck, helpless in New Zealand. And as we begin to get into the rhythms of the new year, I'm not sure what past experience you've had or that has you defaulting to the worst possible outcome when you're faced with a scenario or believing that you're going to experience the worst case scenario. 
But I believe God wants to minister to that this morning. God himself is able to empathize with us, having also faced the death of his son, the realization of the worst possible scenario. God, out of the abundance of his love and goodness, created a good world and created us to share this good world with him. But in the risk that is love, he gave us choice and we misused and abused that choice. And it led to death and the decreation of God's good creation. We often think of the flood in Noah's time as God's anger, but it actually begins with God's sadness at the state of his good world and humanity who are meant to be his partners and his image bearers. And um, it, it was a sadness that led him to wash the slate clean with the tears of his sadness uh, and allow man to try again. Because you see, with God, the heartache and the loss and the pain never have the final word. Right from the beginning in the garden, after Adam and Eve rebelled, God initiated a redemption plan through the seed of the woman to crush evil at its source. When the flood came, God took Noah and his family and planted them in a new garden and reiterated the blessing to humanity. Wherever humanity initiated death and decreation, God initiated life and new creation. This was also true with Jesus. Humanity initiated his death and decreation on a cross, but God initiated life and new creation through his resurrection. Like so many of us who have experienced the worst possible outcome or the worst case scenario, the death of Jesus would have been the ultimate worst case scenario to God and to Jesus' followers. And yet the decreation to death that we initiate is transformed by God into new creation and newness of life, eternal life in His Son. This eternal hope is God's invitation to us to believe for the best, for the best possible outcome, that we will experience the best case scenario and not the worst. See, biblical hope is not blind optimism. Optimism is looking at the door of opportunity and saying, I believe that door's going to be open for me and not shut in my face. Biblical hope is not having a door, but believing in the one who makes a way where there seems to be no way. God is inviting us, in spite of our circumstances, to believe for the best, to believe that he who kept the remnant afloat in a flood, he who was able to make a way through the waters and through the mighty seas, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, he who raised Christ from the grave, how will he not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things? What you believe about others is what you tend to get from them. When you believe the best about others, you tend to get the best from them. And I wonder if that's true of God too. Because Scripture says we have not because we ask not. And I think we ask not because we believe not. God is inviting us to believe the very best about him and to believe for the very best possible outcome. What if in 2022, we believed for the best possible outcome, for the best case scenario? How will our lives change and how will the lives of those around us change if instead of believing things will turn out for the worst, we believe that with God, things would turn out for the best? I began by asking who of us tends towards the worst possible outcome. As we get into our stride for the year, how are we setting ourselves up to get the best out of the year and to get the best out of every area of our lives? Are we believing for the best? Or are we heading towards a self-fulfilling prophecy of hardship and conflict? 
You know, we sometimes we just go through the motions expecting, no, tomorrow will be different or next week will be different or the next month or the next year. But we don't actually change anything to make a difference. And our action changes start by changing what we believe. And it's what we believe about God that will determine what we expect to get from him. Amen? So scripture tells us that Abraham believed the Lord and it was counted to him as righteousness. It is in believing the fullness of God and his plans and his purpose that is counted to us as righteousness, a right standing with God. Abraham's story was another of God's heartache at the worst possible outcome coming true. Humanity had completely rebelled against God and decided they wanted to be like God, but without God at the Tower of Babel. And so God in his mercy scattered humanity, another case of decreation. Only again, God initiated life and new creation, which was really the story of the beginning of the line of Israel and the family that, and the nation that led to Jesus, our Savior. But in Genesis 12, verse 1 to 3, we read God's call to Abraham. It says, The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people and your father's household, to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So the ultimate fulfillment of this call on Abraham is fulfilled in Jesus, that all people on earth would be, would be blessed through Abraham because from him came the line of Jesus. But this morning, I want to focus in on one specific part of the prayer or the promise to Abraham and its application to us. God said, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. I wonder how many of us have disqualified ourselves from God speaking those words over us because of something that has either happened to us in the past or of something that we have done in our past. I wonder how many of us have diminished what it means for God to say, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. How many of us only allow ourselves to consider what could be the worst case scenario instead of considering what it means for God to believe the best about us, to say he has blessed us? Now, Abraham, he may be the father of our faith, but Abraham was no saint. And Abraham may famously be referenced as the man who believed the Lord and was counted to him as righteousness. But Abraham was not faultless in his faith. And we may think that because we are not faultless in our faith, that we may have disqualified ourselves from the blessing of God. But I'd like to pick out three parts of Abraham's story to encourage us uh, to believe God for the best for the year ahead. The Lord had spoken this blessing in Genesis 12 over Abraham, but just 10 verses later, not 10 chapters, same chapter, chapter 12, 10 verses later, Abraham decides that in spite of God's promise to him, he's going to go down to Egypt, and in order to spare his life, he's going to give away his wife, the one through whom this blessing is to come, as his sister. Now, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, but I'm getting married in a couple of months. <laughs> and I am most certainly not going to give away Kelly Joe to some other man claiming she's my sister. But here he is, the father of our faith, giving away his wife as his sister. I can only imagine the look on God's face as he experienced what Abraham was doing 
almost immediately after making this wonderful promise to Abraham. And yet when we continue reading on a little while, we find an encounter between Abraham and a high priest called Melchizedek. Now, a high priest is the representative of God. And we read what this high priest says to Abraham. Melchizedek said, he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. In spite of Abraham faltering on God, God did not falter on Abraham. Instead, God reaffirmed his blessing through the high priest, Melchizedek. And this morning, in spite of us perhaps faltering on God, God will not falter on us. Instead, God reaffirms his blessing through our high priest, Jesus Christ. So today I want to encourage us to reaffirm the blessing of God. Abraham had the blessing of God reaffirmed by a high priest. And scripture tells us in Hebrews that Jesus is a high priest in the line of Melchizedek. And what he speaks, he speaks forever. And Jesus continues to bless us to this day. I want to remind us this morning as we set ourselves up for the year ahead, that the same God who spoke favorably to Abraham is the same God who speaks favorably to us today. The same God who gave a high priest to reaffirm the blessing upon Abraham is the same God who gives a greater high priest Jesus Christ, to reaffirm his blessing upon us today. And God, God's blessing, which he reaffirms, is one that we sing about, and we read it in Numbers 6. And as, as I read this, I want you to imagine this is God speaking directly to you, his blessing upon you. The Lord said to Moses, this is how you are to bless the people. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the people and I will bless them. This is the blessing the Lord speaks over you. And this is how the Lord puts his name upon you. God invited Abraham to believe for the best possible outcome because God had put his name on Abraham. And in spite of Abraham's behavior, God was not going to dishonor his own name. God said to Abraham, look up at the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them. So great shall your inheritance be. God was telling Abraham, believe for the best. And I believe God is inviting us to believe for the best possible outcome. To believe that he has blessed us. To believe that he has reaffirmed his blessing through his son, Jesus Christ, our great high priest. And invites us to look to the sky and count the stars, if indeed we can count them. So great shall your inheritance be. Thanks, Dan. Now, Abraham believed the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness. But then Abraham and his wife Sarah grew a little bit impatient with God's promise. And so they took matters into their own hands instead of trusting God. Sarah gave her slave Hagar to Abraham to conceive and to produce a family for her. But this was not God's plan. And this created all sorts of trouble. And then Abraham, would you believe it, gave his wife Sarah away as his sister again. Again, Abraham, dude. <laughs> but in spite of Abraham's dodgy decision-making, God remained faithful to his promise to Abraham. And in God's great mercy, Abraham and mercy, Abraham and Sarah, rather, 
conceived a son named Isaac in their old age. And perhaps you're wondering whether there, there is a number of times that you can mess up on God before he stops being faithful to you. But God shows us, as he showed Abraham, that he is faithful to his word. And even when God tested Abraham and asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, we see how God remains faithful. Because sometimes we think that the weight of our past mistakes, the sum of all of our sins, means that God is going to ask of us to sacrifice our future inheritance on the altar of our past mistakes. But as Abraham and Isaac approached, approached the place where the sacrifice was to be made, Isaac asked his father, Father, the fire and wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the sacrifice, my son. Our past transgressions do not disqualify us from our future inheritance. We do not have to sacrifice our future inheritance on the altar of our past mistakes. Just as God himself provided the lamb for Abraham's sacrifice, so too God himself has provided the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world in place of our sacrifice. Scripture tells us Jesus is the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world and that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not for ours only, but for that of the whole world. This morning, I want to encourage us to receive the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf that atones for our past and grants us a future. God gave Jesus as our sacrifice that through his resurrection, we would, like Abraham, receive our inheritance back from the dead. Hebrews 11 says, By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. And so we, through God providing the sacrifice of Jesus to cover for our sins, and through the resurrection of Jesus, have in a manner of speaking, received our inheritance back from the dead. This is the resurrection life we are called to, the unbelievable inheritance, both now and for all eternity. I believe God is inviting us to believe for the best because through Jesus, he has purchased the price of our past to grant us a future inheritance. I referenced my dad's story earlier, and I know that I wouldn't be here today had my dad stopped believing God for the best. <clears throat> he, if he had, after losing his first son, stopped believing God for the best, he tragically lost his first son when our family home burnt down. But he believed the God, he believed the Lord rather, rebuilt our family home and had two more sons grow up in that home. The two do not discount the one lost. But God can even redeem tragedy. So believe God for the best. <clears throat> Once we have reaffirmed God's blessing over us, spoken through our high priest, Jesus Christ, and once we have received the sacrifice of Jesus, which purchased the price of our past to grant us a future, we ought to get to the deeper level of God's blessing of Abraham. God said to Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. The purpose for which God blessed Abraham 
was not so that Abraham would be blessed for himself. It was so that Abraham would be blessed in order to bless others. God reaffirms his blessing upon us in Jesus and and pays the price for our past to give us a future. And then he takes it one step further. He invites us to redeem our blessing and release a blessing to others. I believe God is inviting us to believe for the best, to believe that he has spoken his blessing upon us and purchased the price of our past so that in the living out of this blessed life, others would come to know that the kingdom of God has come near and that the goodness and love of God is available to them all in Christ Jesus. This three-part series to start the year was designed to set us up to own the year. And I think that when we're owning it, when we're owning each day, when we're on top of our lives, making the most of every moment, when we're traveling light, as Dean spoke about last week, freed from the baggage of our past, then when we're owning it, I think our life is characterized by blessing others. Jesus said, you have been treated generously, so live generously. We have been blessed by the Lord. Now live as a blessing to others. I think it is safe to say that when it comes to an example of how to live life God's way, Jesus is our example. And Jesus' example of what it meant to own it in life was a life full of service to others. Jesus was so confident in the promise of God, the blessing over his life, so confident in the purpose for which God had put him on earth that he was able to humbly serve others, blessing them wherever he went. Jesus said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So as God invites us to believe for the best possible outcome for the year ahead, May we not get so easily puffed up with pride thinking that this blessing is all for me, but instead consider the deeper level of the promise of the blessing to Abraham, evidenced in the life of Jesus, that God is blessing us so that through us, God may bless others. May the best possible outcome for 2022 not only be what God can do for you, but what God can do through you. Earlier I asked What if in 2022, we believed for the best possible outcome? How will our lives change? And how will the lives of those around us change too? This morning, God is inviting us to believe for the best. To remember that he has created a good world. That he has reaffirmed his blessing upon us through through his son, Jesus Christ, our great high priest. That he has given Jesus to atone for our past. And he has promised to renew and reconcile all things to himself in Christ. So with that as a, as a base, what is the one thing, the one area in your life in which you need to believe God for the best? Is it marriage, children, your job or finances, your future, the country, or your church even? This morning, I want to encourage you to invite God to help faith rise, to help you believe in his character, that he is good, and that he has blessed you and wants what is good for you. So that through you, others also would be blessed. I said earlier that what you believe about others is what you tend to get from them. And when you believe the best, you tend to get the best out of others. We have not because we ask not. and We ask not because we believe not. Let's, let faith rise to believe the best possible outcome because we believe in the best God.
This believing will give our lives boldness. And your boldest moments are your best moments. God says, be bold and courageous. So as we set ourselves up for the year ahead, may we believe God for the absolute best. May we look back at the end of 2022 and have a testimony that surely we have seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. May our testimony be of marriages transformed, of families reconciled and businesses turned around, of health restored, of rest found, of the gospel preached and the kingdom of God advanced. May 2022 be a year of boldness. Pray bold prayers, believe bold promises, give with bold generosity, serve with bold humility, and live bold lives. May 2022 be the best year yet. Amen. Will you please stand with me as we close in prayer? I feel bad asking you to stand and then not standing myself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that from the very beginning of creation, you have spoken your blessing upon your good world and upon us, having created us in your image and likeness. We thank you that you have confirmed your blessing upon us through your Son, Jesus Christ, our great High Priest. Thank you also that even when our mistakes and failures appear to have robbed us of our future, you do not require of us to sacrifice our future on the altar of our past. Instead, you provide the sacrifice, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And thank you, Lord, that through your blessing of us, we may be a blessing to others. Thank you for the privilege of being the carriers of your kingdom to the world so that all the world would come to know that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we thank you for this in Jesus' wonderful, perfect and precious name. Amen.